T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. When I was in the White House a few months ago, I bumped into a gentleman named Corey Lewandowski with a woman who's been on this show probably five times, Rita Cosby who is the author of Quiet Hero and also with uh, CBS Television. And when I saw the two, I thought, what wonderful speakers for the Amherst Republican 40th Annual Dinner. And now he is here, Corey Lewandowski, who was the 2016 campaign manager for Donald Trump. He's 45 years old, born in Lowell, Massachusetts. Went to school, University of Massachusetts at Lowell with a bachelor's, American University Master of Arts. Of course, he's a Republican. He has four children. And he's basically a political operative, very conservative Republican, lobbyist, and political commentator. Oh, not lobbyist. That's a bad word where That's I'm coming from. That's a bad word? Yeah, don't use lobbyist. All right, we'll take lobbyist out. Okay. He was a political commentator for One America News Network, Fox News, and CNN, as well as campaign manager for Donald Trump's 2016 campaign. And he was so forceful and honest and sincere with his testimony, to really getting back at these people who were very nasty to him, and he said about their hatred for Donald Trump is greater than their love for America. Our guest today, Corey Lewandowski. Now, I overheard you talking to Bob McCarthy, the political writer of the Buffalo News, and you were mentioning how Donald Trump calls your family on Christmas. He talks to your children. Um, he seems to be very caring, warm, a wonderful person is the man. Now, let's not talk about politics for a few minutes. Let's talk about Donald Trump, the man, the person, the husband, the father, the friend. What is Donald Trump like? Well, well, thank you for having me. And I really think that this is the untold story of who Donald Trump is. You know, uh, during the presidential campaign, I traveled a lot. I've got a young family still. Uh, my oldest daughter is going to be 13 on Friday. My youngest boy is eight years old. And so they've always known me to be on the road traveling particularly the last five years. And I remember one time I was down at Mar-a-Lago, the president's home down in Florida, and he said, to, we'd been on the road for 72 days straight. I hadn't been home. It's a long time to be on the road. We we're running a presidential campaign. And he turned to me and he, he asked me the same question so many times, Corey, how's your family doing? Can I call your wife? Can I tell her how hard you're working, how, how proud we are? And I said, you know, sir, I, I just want to keep doing my job. And he said, well, you know, how about I send my plane up there and you bring your family down for the weekend? You know, those are the stories that you don't hear. And he hear. did that? He, he offered he took, to. Oh. Let, let me tell you the story. We had a guy who worked for us. His name is George Ujikos, and he was the head of our advance team. And on this one particular day, George's two girls, who were about seven and eight years old, had a dance recital. And George was with us on the airplane missing his daughter's dance recital. And he turned to then Mr. Trump, and he said, Sir, you know, today's my daughter's dance recital, but I have to be with you today. Can you call my daughters and give them a little message? He said, George, I won't do that, but I, what I will do is I'm going to shoot a video for him. And he okay. took a video and he said, 
this is Donald Trump, and your daddy is so important to me that I can't win this without him. And I need him to, I know he misses you girls so badly, but I need him to help me win this presidential election, girls. And he sent that to them, something they will have now for the rest of their lives because that's who Donald Trump is. You look at Donald Trump, the family man, the way he's raised his children. You can fake a lot of things. You can't fake the way your children have turned out, right? That's a sign of who Donald Trump is. And, you know, for a kid who grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts, a blue-collar town and a single-parent household, um, I never take for granted when my phone rings, I look down and it says Donald J. Trump, or it's the White House switchboard. Uh, he called me on Sunday just to say hello. And I'll tell you, last uh, Thanksgiving, like so many other holidays in the past, we we're sitting around the kitchen table playing cards. Me, my mom, my wife, a couple of the kids. And I looked down and I saw it was the White House. And they said, um, the president would like to talk to you. And so I put him on the – I talked to him for a few minutes. He said, Corey, are, are your kids there? I said, yes, sir. Said, Can you put me on the speakerphone? I'd like to talk to him. I said, absolutely, sir. So I put him on. He, he said, happy Thanksgiving. And then he said something which, you know, for a guy like me uh, was so humbling. And it's something I'll never forget. He said, you know, guys, I wouldn't be the president of the United States if it wasn't for your dad. And look, I don't think that's true because this campaign was 99.9% Donald Trump. But to tell my children that from the leader of the free world, the president of the United States, to make that phone call just to check in and say, hey, come have dinner with me, family. Come down and see me for Christmas. Come take pictures. That's the Donald Trump that I know, and that's why I'm fiercely loyal for the attacks and the unfounded criticism that he's received over the last five years. Wonderful uh, story. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the White House. I was so honored when I had... Uh, an invitation come to me as a Polish-American leader. There are only 200 nationally. And, of course, Corey Lewandowski and Rita Cosby were there in the White House, and we were very touched that only one person was called up to the stage with the president of Poland and the president of the United States, and that was Rita Cosby, wonderful woman. And I went to every room for four hours three times because I was so enamored. What an honor to be there. And that's wonderful that the president of the United States shows such warmth to Corey Lewandowski, our guest. And of course, we blanket New Hampshire, where where Corey is being mentioned as a candidate for the United States Senate. And Donald Trump has said he will make a great U.S. senator. Let's talk about this foolishness of the impeachment. Why are they doing it when they know they can't get the U.S. Senate to go along with it? Why? Well, this is just strictly partisan politics at its worst. It's everything that people uh, that I travel around the country and talk to hate about Washington, D.C. We know that this president committed no crimes. We know that there are no misdemeanors here. This was originally going to be an impeachment because of the Russia collusion narrative. That's been since put to bed when when uh, special counsel Mueller came out and said there was no obstruction, there was no collusion. So they had to come up with a new narrative. The new narrative now is that he had a conversation with a foreign leader. And they released that transcript. Um, and so now they want to hold this president and they want to impeach him for having a conversation with the world leader, which I think is outrageous. I think this is the worst partisan politics that people have seen in our lifetime. I hate to say it. You alluded to it at the beginning of the show. I believe that these Democrats hate this president more than they love their country. And it's a sad state of affairs because while I'm here in Buffalo today and this audience is gigantic, listening to me all over the country and up in Canada, what we know is – even if you didn't like Barack Obama, you didn't want him to fail because you didn't want your country to fail. And I think these Democrats want to see Donald Trump fail in such a manner that it doesn't matter if they destroy the country along the way. But I, I, I believe, and I, and I really think this, 
that there will be a backlash come the 2020 election cycle. And just like there was overreach in the late 90s and early 2000s with the Bill Clinton impeachment procedures, you're going to see that now tenfold. And that means not only is Donald Trump going to win re-election in 2020, and I believe by a larger electoral margin than he won in 2016, but I also believe that the Republicans are going to maintain their majority, if not expand it in the U.S. Senate. And I think they're going to take back the House of Representatives and send those far-left liberal Democrats, those AOCs, Rashid Tlaibs of the country, back into the minority so that they cannot control the agenda for America. Tell us about your book. If somebody is driving in Ringe, New Hampshire, or Toronto, or Buffalo, Tell us the name of the book, what it is about, and where can people buy your book, Corey Lewandowski? You know, so I've had the privilege with uh, my colleague, Dave Bossy, who served as the deputy campaign manager, me as the campaign manager, to write two great books. One is a fun-filled story of the campaign itself. It's called Let Trump Be Trump. Uh, it was the inside story of his rise to the presidency. It was so fun. There's so many anecdotes in there, what it's like to be on Trump Force One, how we came up with strategy for the debates. And what's amazing is, you know, as I ran the campaign and Dave was the deputy, all these people afterwards tell us all the great things that they did on the campaign, all the credit that they did for not even being part of the campaign, but that's revisionist history. But the second book, which is really uh, much more uh, illustrative of where things are right now, it's called Trump's Enemies, How the Deep State is Undermining the Presidency. And um, it was the first book that President Trump sat down and gave a formal interview for in uh, since he became the president of the United States. And we print that interview verbatim, basically. And it should be astonishing to some people what he says in that book. So it's called Trump's Enemies, How the Deep State is Undermining the Presidency. Dave Bossy and I wrote it together. It's really an insider's account of what has transpired from the time that Clapper and Comey and Brennan came up to Trump Tower to provide the false dossier to Donald Trump all the way through and up to uh, really almost the Mueller report. And so if you want to see what Crossfire Hurricane was, which is the code name given by the FBI to take down Donald Trump, you want to learn about uh, the attacks on guys like uh, former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn and what mm -hmm. they did to him, it's all in this book. And I would say that this book uh, five years ago would have been considered a work of fiction. Yep. Every single thing in this book is 100% documented and 100% accurate if you know where to go and get the information. And it should scare the heck out of the American people that people with badges and guns abuse their power to come after us because they don't like our politics. If you're listening in Montreal, Buffalo, Manchester, New Hampshire, northern Florida, as we blanket 17 states on the east coast and go as far to the west as Mississippi, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Brian Rusk. ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia, New Zealand. We'd like to hear from you. ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. And Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events 
for over 50 years. And by the way, Corey Lewandowski is Polish. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores for home delivery. Call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. Have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. A little bit more information about Corey Lewandowski, the 2016 campaign manager for Donald Trump. Prior to joining Trump's campaign, Corey Lewandowski worked on several campaigns, worked for the conservative advocacy group Americans for Prosperity, and was a lobbyist back then. Lewandowski himself has run unsuccessfully for office twice, once in Massachusetts and once in New Hampshire. He has now been backed by Donald Trump as the candidate for U.S. Senate in the state of New Hampshire. Let's talk about this impeachment. Is this going to guarantee a Trump victory as people with the Clinton situation years ago? The House lost six seats. The Republicans were accused of overreaching. And now the Democrats with the squad are being accused of the same thing of overreaching. Will this guarantee a Trump victory in 2020? Corey Lewandowski. I really think that because of this impeachment overreach and the way it's being conducted in secrecy in the basement of the U.S. Capitol, without the eyes of the American people seeing it, without a formal vote of Congress, without a formal vote of the House Judiciary Committee, this is going to impact those 30-plus districts that Donald Trump won in 2016, that Democrats took over in 2018, which ultimately gave the Democrats the majority in Congress. I believe those members are very much at risk because they've not delivered anything for the American people. And I think the American people love a fighter. Donald Trump is a fighter. And that means come 2020, 13 months from now, Donald Trump is going to win the, his reelection by a larger margin than he did in the Electoral College in 2016. I think he's going to win in New Hampshire. I think he's going to win in Minnesota. And I think he can hold all the other states that he carried because I don't see a path for the socialists, whether that's Elizabeth Warren or it's Bernie Sanders, to run on and say whatever you built as a small business owner or as a conservative, and I, I use that as a small C, and you've saved and you've put away for your children's education or for your retirement, we're not going to give away for Ill to illegal aliens for free health care and free college. I don't see that selling across this country, not even in New York City, not even in the state of New York does that sell. And so because of that, coupled with the promises the president made and he's kept, fighting China, rebuilding our military, $9.2 trillion in stock market value in the last four years, the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, more African-Americans, more women, more Hispanics working today than ever in our nation's history. All those things point to the indicators that Donald Trump is going to win re-election in 2020. I think you've got a good point there because once a month I go to New York City, I go to LaGuardia or JFK, and I get in the cabs. And these cab drivers, and many of them are from India, from Africa, and they most of them say they like what Donald Trump's doing. They say their, their business as a cab driver is much better, and they say they take home a little bit more money too. Now let's talk about the impeachment affecting the House. Uh, is there a chance, because people feel that the left wing is overreaching and going after him on nonsense, that the Republicans could pick up 15, 20 seats in the House and have the Senate, the White House, and the House of Representatives? 
I think there's absolutely a possibility for that. Look, you've got Donald Trump on the ballot in 2020. He was not on the ballot in 2018. And so what we, when we looked at the demographics of the individuals in those Trump districts that he won in 16, that Democrats won in 18 in the House of Representatives, we saw a huge number of members who stayed, a number of the electorate that just stayed home because they weren't invigorated to come out and vote. In 2020 with Trump on the ticket, there's a couple things we know for sure. The Democrats will not take this election for granted like they did in 2016. Remember when we woke up on election morning on 2016 and they told us in shock. Hillary Clinton was going to win the election with a 99.9% certainty. I said, hey, we don't even get 2%. I mean, there's only two guys in the race. Maybe we get 2% chances. No, no. It is a foregone conclusion. And so we snuck up on him a little bit in 2016, Okay. They're not taking Donald Trump for granted in the same way in 2020. They don't think this is all just a ploy to grow his business. He's the incumbent president of the United States, the hardest race in the world to win. He can win re-election. They know that. They're going to work harder, which means we have to work harder. And when you look at the people who stayed home in 2018, I believe they stayed home because the Republicans failed them in Congress. The guys like Paul Ryan didn't deliver on the messages that they pledged. They didn't fix health care. They didn't give people opportunities to buy health insurance across state lines. They didn't fix the infrastructure in the United States, which they were supposed to do. They didn't stop illegal immigrants from coming in. And they throw those people out. You give people an opportunity to deliver, and if they don't, you get rid of them. That's exactly what's going to happen in 2020 because the Democrats have delivered nothing for this country. Let's... uh, um talk a little bit more about your U.S. Senate race, but before that, where can people buy the book, the name of the book, where is it available, what's it about? Yeah, Trump's Enemies, it's how the uh, deep state is undermining this presidency. It's available, hopefully, at bookstores everywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, obviously. You know, uh, I've had the luxury with, with my co-author, Dave Bossy, between Trump's Enemies and Let Trump Be Trump, was, which was kind of our philosophy on the campaign that I coined on day one. We wrote that book. Both of them became New York Times bestsellers in one year, which is almost unheard of for two conservative guys like me and Dave to talk about this. Uh, the, the Trump's Enemies book is really about not tinfoil hat-wearing lunatics in the back room who are running world orders. These are the government bureaucrats who are unelected, who transition from administration to administration, but really control the flow of information. You think of guys like Jim Comey, Victoria Newland at the State Department, uh, uh, Andy McCabe, these people who've been in government service for 20 or 25 or 30 years who have a mentality which is, we own the building, you as the president of the next administration, you're renting. We know you're going to be here for four years or eight years, but guess what? We own the place. So we can slow things down. We can obfuscate. We can take your orders and put them into a drawer somewhere and maybe take them out. That's what we talk about. And there's one story in the book in Trump's Enemies, if you pick it up. We asked through the Freedom of Information Act, uh, an open records request, for some emails from a State Department employee by the name of Victoria Newland. First, they deny the request, just summarily deny it. So Dave Bossie at Citizens United takes him to federal court. Judge comes back and says, you must turn over this small bandwidth of emails. It's one year's worth of email, some very specific criteria that we are looking for as it relates to Hillary Clinton. The State Department came back and said, absolutely, we'll turn them over. It will take us between 45 and 60 years to meet that request. 45 years? 45 to 60 years. You could years. be dead by then. Well, my grandchildren may have an interest in reading this because that's who's going to have to. And we said, no, no. The, you must, it must be a mistake. You mean 45 to 60 days. Right. They said, no, no. 45 to 60 years to turn over these emails from the State Department. So we went back to federal court. We sued them again. They said, okay, we'll be happy to turn them over. 
Um, by the way, they turned him over. Every single page was blank other than the word hello. Every word on the rest of the seven pages about a was literally blank. That's what the government does. And look, th this is what look, this is the frustration of those unelected bureaucrats. That's what Trump's enemies is about. These unelected bureaucrats, the Comeys and Clappers of the world, who have almost unlimited authority, they get badges and they get guns. And think of what they've done to people like Carter Page, Terrible. George Papadopoulos, right? Uh, Jerome Corsi. Names that we And Mike Caputo, know. who's on this station Mike right Caputo. here in Buffalo, he had, I think, $300,000 in legal fees. Look, you, you think of Mike what Caputo. they did. They, they, they took their badges and guns. They falsified FISA warrant applications, presented them as factual to a judge, and then they started spying on American citizens on domestic soil because they didn't like our politics. That's a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment. Okay? They spied on us. Not because we were committing crimes, but they didn't like our politics. Then they lied about it. These people belong in jail. They should be perp-walked out in handcuffs, and they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. A very courageous man, Corey Lewandowski, who told at the hearing about how he saw these people having greater hatred for Donald Trump than love for America. It was a beautiful, strong quote. Our guest today, Corey Lewandowski, I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guest, Marissa Marulli, famous photographer, NASA astronaut Bill Gregory, and Harold Besnos, who's been fighting anti-Semitism in Michigan. Coming up, we're going to have General Fred Gordon. Uh, from West Point, and Charlie Joyce, the National Republican Committeeman for New York State, who was the one next to Trump when he signed the pipeline legislation. He handed Charlie Joyce the bill and the pen in Texas. Well, he'll be on the program today. A little bit more information about Corey Lewandowski, the 2016 campaign manager for Donald Trump. In 2016, Corey Lewandowski co-founded Avenue Strategies, a firm in an office overlooking the White House, and he was there until 2017. Again, if you're listening in Toronto, Buffalo, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts blanketing 17 states in Canada, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 car, uh, Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Everyone's talking about Corey Lewandowski being a United States Senator from New Hampshire. It's a beautiful state. It's a little liberal. Are you going to run? Well, look, you go to standwithcorey.com. Standwithcorey.com is the website you go to. You sign up. You know, this is where people are uh, writing to encourage me to run. Look, I think if I get in the race, I'm going to win. Uh, standwithcorey.com is a spot where, you know, you go and, and you say, look, we want to we help you. We want to support you. If you want to contribute financially, it doesn't go to me. It goes to the guys who want to do this. But if I get in this race, it's a clear dichotomy between me and the incumbent. Gene Shaheen who's been in public service now for 25 years, went in as a very average individual and has now gotten very rich. He's worth, you know, multiple millions of dollars. I don't know how that works when you're in public office, but that's what's happened. She's voted now more with... How does she do it making $180,000 a well, year she, to she make was, millions? She, she was the governor of the state of New Hampshire for three terms, and now she's been in the U.S. Senate for two terms for 12 years. She was a state senator. So she's literally been in elective office for 25 years, and now she's worth millions of dollars, which I don't understand. I don't get you it. You know, what, what she, she votes for... The continuation of sanctuary cities to fund, uh, you know, she votes more in line with Chuck Schumer, your senator, and Nancy Pelosi than she does with the people of New Hampshire. And she has brought Washington, D.C. values to New Hampshire and not brought New Hampshire values to Washington, D.C. 
12 years in the U.S. Senate, not one signature piece of legislation, can't point to one major accomplishment, has not solved the opioid crisis, which is pervasive in the state of New Hampshire. Very bad. And it's terrible what that crisis has done. And, and I think it's time for a fighter in Washington, D.C., who is not there to go along to get along, but someone's going to go to Washington, D.C., kick the door down, not be beholden to Washington, D.C. special interests, and not looking to get rich while in public service. And if I run, I'll beat Gene Shaheen in the U.S. Senate race with the help of the president, and we'll deliver the state of New Hampshire for Donald Trump. Wonderful. Uh, again, if somebody's interested in the name of the book and where to get it, please. you go. You, the, we've got two great books. One is Trump's Enemies, How the Deep State is Undermining the Presidency, and the other one is called Let Trump Be Trump. Find bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, you know, all those places. I'd be happy if you want me to sign it. Go to standwithcory.com, Put your name in. Send it to me. Uh, I'll be happy to sign the book. Send it back to you. Standwithcory.com, Pick up these two great books. A co-author with Dave Bossy. Let Trump be Trump. The inside story of his rise to the presidency. All about the campaign. And then Trump's enemies. The first book that Donald Trump as president of the United States did a full interview for. It's in the book verbatim. You'll love it. And we've also had on this program 10 times Ron Kessler who is probably the only famous author who writes positive books about Donald J. Trump. Uh, special thanks to Kevin Carr, director of production for the past 15 years, who does a superb job. Uh, we have two minutes left on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. The corruption of Hunter Biden. How does a guy who has no background in finance or energy get sixty to $70,000 a month and then get a deal for a billion dollars out of China. How, how do you do it? Well, it's very easy. Your father's the vice president of the United States. You go and you sell access to him. You're selling uh, time on Air Force Two, it looks like. We've seen the pictures that have been taken. Joe Biden says, I didn't meet these people, and the picture shows up that they were playing golf together. Hunter says, I'm not going to disclose how much money I've made. And I think he said, I'm not going to lift up my kimono, uh, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the truth is, this is what has been pervasive in previous administrations, can you imagine for one second, Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump had the same exact business deal that Hunter Biden has been accused of having? It would be front page news everywhere. They'd be calling for these people to be put in jail. It's two separate sets of rules. One if you're a Barack Obama, Joe Biden supporter, and one if you're a Donald Trump supporter. And look, Hunter Biden, we know he's had a serious narcotics problem for a Co- long time. Cocaine usage. Cocaine, amongst other things. And maybe this was the way to you know, fund that addiction. I don't know, but there was a lot of money that he's made for a very short amount of time. And then he goes on to say that his qualifications were because he was the vice chairman of the Amtrak board, which his father appointed him to, which he had no core competency on. And if anyone's ever been on Amtrak, it's a bit of a mess. Okay, the thing never runs on time. It's always breaking down. The quiet car is never quiet. So I don't know if that's really a qualification to go on some Chinese board. And now he says, as you know, if my father gets elected, I won't serve on any other foreign boards. Why are those rules different from when his father was elected? Because he knows his father is not going to get elected, and he's going to continue to serve on foreign boards and continue to make a lot of money. I'm sorry we have to come to a close with the Rusk Report. We've learned so much from Corey Lewandowski, the 2016 President Trump campaign manager. Again, if you have any thoughts or comments, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 140. 226. Special thanks to Rita Cosby, the author of Quiet Hero, for recommending this program. And thank you for teaching us so much about American politics. Corey Lewandowski. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great week. 
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.